One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and pray before we get into the word today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here this morning. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Amen. If you build it on the word, it'll stand. Y'all in here with me. If you build it on the word, it'll stand. You build your lives on the word, it'll stand. They'll stand. It, they'll stand through any adversity, anything that could potentially come your way. It won't be able to take you out because you're standing on the firm foundation of the word. And I want to preach this message this morning entitled Heavenly Realities. Heavenly realities. And so uh, oftentimes we get stuck in this thing where we start to get distracted by what's going on in our world. Amen. Can I get an amen right there? And we start paying attention to all this other stuff, but we forget who we are. And so things do change when you get saved. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We'll start there and we'll go forward. Um, so Colossians chapter 3 says, since you have been raised to new life, we're looking in the NLT on this one this morning, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, you guys understand that? Like when I give my life to Jesus, old life passes away, new life begins, right? And so since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Next verse. Think about, look at your name and say, what are you thinking about? Man. See, and that's a dangerous place because, you know, a lot of people, they got this private area that nobody knows about except God. That's their mind. Do you know somebody could be looking at you? And thinking about something else. Like some of y'all be doing at church on Sunday. Amen? Well, think about the things of heaven. That's what we should be thinking about. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Next verse. For you died. Look at your name and say you died. Okay. For you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And so when you get saved, your perspective has to change. That's one of the biggest problems we're dealing with is the Christian is experiencing the same life as the non-Christian, which is not right. Even though we live here, how I many know we can live different while here? Can I get amen right here? You Just because you're here, just because you're in your neighborhood, does not mean you have to experience everything that everyone else. Oh, I, some of y'all don't understand this. Do you understand that when you realize who you are in Christ, there is a special anointing. There's a special glow that's supposed to be about you, but also about your possessions. How I many know if you just woke up to this revelation, you say, oh, no, I can't get jacked. Oh, come on, man. Oh, they, they can't they can't rob my house. Well, you know. I mean, how can you say that, Pastor? See, people that say that, people that are like anything can happen, they don't read their word. Because when you say anything can happen, you ain't in the book. Because all of the promises of God are yes and in him, amen. And so if I understand who I am in Christ, now I start to focus on, I mean, what if you just caught revelation of one angel that's assigned to protect you? One angel. Y'all in here with me. I'm talking about one angel. Would you be worried about Hamas? Would you be worried about COVID, ISIS, the economy, the gas prices? You know what I'm saying? The things that the world tricks you into being concerned with. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not your business. 
Oh, let me just say it again. Hamas is not your business. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't want me to get up in here. COVID's not your business. Gas prices, that ain't your business. So what does that mean? I'm not concerned about it. Because it's not my business. So when you get saved, your perspective has to change. Now, I want you to get this this morning. Heaven is not just a place we hope to get to one day when we die. That is some of the uh, most heinous false teaching that has ever been put out. And so what do you have? Churches filled with people hoping to get to heaven. And, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to be depressed no more. And when I get to heaven, I ain't going to be broke no more. And when I get to heaven, and then they preach about it at funerals. Well, praise the Lord. They ain't in no pain no more. They ain't that's all good, but how about all of us that's still living? I'm just, I'm just curious, preacher man. You, they not in pain, but what about mine? I'm, I'm not really trying to keep going with this pain and this. And what do people do? Put everything off. Well, brother, when you get to heaven, you're going to get your breakthrough. I don't need no breakthrough in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Come on. How many know if you in debt and you got some late bills and somebody talking about, well, when you get to heaven, you going you ain't going to have no more late charges. How many know I, I, I need them late charges fixed right here. Y'all in here with me. And see, we're talking about heavenly realities. What, what does this mean? What are you talking about, God? There's things that change. I give my life to Jesus. Things change. And so I don't just exist. I don't just make my way through this life. And then hopefully one day. And what do people even do? They're people that have lived like hell on earth. At the funeral, the preacher's talking about they in heaven. In a better place. Really? You live like hell on earth. And now you done got promoted to heaven. Wow. That's false teaching. Amen. And so heaven is not just a place we hope to get to one day when we die. Heaven is an atmosphere. Oh, y'all don't. See, Pastor D was already warming y'all up for this stuff. Heaven is an atmosphere. It's a government. Come on, I'm going to help y'all understand. That's what, see, that's why I don't worry about who's in the White House. Amen. The White House don't run my house. God. Because for, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so heaven is an atmosphere. It's a government. It's a way of life that overrides everything in this lower realm. Amen. It's a way of life that overrides everything. Look at your name and say everything. Everything in this lower realm. Oh, so what's going on? You say, well, what you saying? See, Paul is laying it out. And Paul, God used Paul to give you instructions to live by. And see, we have the Gospels and we have different accounts in the Bible, things like that. But then, you know, God had to use somebody that was radical, right? Come on, how many know if you wasn't radical in the world, most of the time you're not going to be radical for Christ. Amen. I'm just saying I've found that in my life. People that wasn't doing nothing in the world, they don't do nothing for God. Amen. They was lukewarm in the world. Come on, just not passionate about nothing. Come on, somebody. But if you was a firecracker in the world. See? The way I am today, that's why people, they sometimes they don't understand. They say, this brother will not back down because I wouldn't have backed down in the world. Amen. And see, God can use that. That's that's transferable skills. Amen. Amen. Come on. He could take he could take somebody that was stubborn and stiff neck in the world yep. and put the anointing on them. And now guess what? They're going to be stubborn and stiff, ne- stiff neck for the kingdom. And they will refuse to bow down. Amen. And that's the way Paul was. Paul was radical in the world. So guess what? When he got converted to the kingdom, he was still radical. And so God had to use somebody like Paul to give us instructions to live by, to give us examples, to give us, uh, no, not just pie in the sky. Let's get down to some brass tacks. Come on, somebody. Uh, Okay, you know what? We ain't talking about no spiritual weirdness. We talking about 
won't you start acting right at your house? Oh, Pastor, I, I, I felt goosebumps at church. What did that do for you? Nothing. You know, do you understand that goosebumps don't bring reward? But obedience will. And obedience is something that you're going to carry with you out of here. And it's going to become a way of life. Amen. And so now go to um, Philippians 3.17. Philippians 3.17. Let's look at that real quick. 17 through 20. Um, so it says, now this is Paul giving his instructions. Now, that, that'd be like me saying, okay, now you guys need to do this or that. But, you know, people that are not doing it are hesitant to tell others to do it. Did y'all hear me? If I ain't living it, I'm going to be quiet. But if I'm living it, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be quick to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, you got to get that together. Oh, well, well, what do you mean? You know what I mean. Get your stuff together. Well, I can't say that if I ain't got mine together. Amen. Well, Paul had no problem letting people know. He says, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. Stop right there. So here we are. We're Christians. And what do you are? How many of y'all are you still a babe in Christ? See, some people get that confused. They say, well, well, yes, I think I'm still a babe because he he said that unless we be like little children, we can't enter in. So I'm still a babe. No, you, you got the context wrong. Amen. You start out one way, but then you're supposed to mature. And so, you know, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, he says, when I was a child, I act like a child. I did childish things, but I ain't no child no more. And so what does that mean? There's some growing up that's supposed to happen in the Christians. And so you're not supposed to be no babe in Christ. You're supposed to advance. Well, how many of you would be willing to say these words that Paul said? Come on. That's what I'm building over here. This is what God is building through me. But I'm not looking for church goers. Are y'all in here with me? I'm not moved by that. Somebody says, oh, man, you got a lot of people. So what? What are those people doing? That's what matters to me. If somebody says, we don't have that many people. But if I can come back and say, but they're powerful, though. Oh, I tell you, I tell you what, they got, they full of power, man. They mess around and you might need some help. They'll come over there and help you out at your house. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, oh, there's some masses. Look at the masses of people. Just like Pastor D was talking about Sunday. It's okay to be a part of the minority. Amen. Because the majority ain't always doing the right thing. The majority of Christians today, they're not trying to go back and uh, read what Paul was saying. And so how many of you right now will be bold enough to say, look here, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. Hallelujah. What? Do you understand that that is something you should have as a goal? As a goal in your life, it should not be, well, I'm just going through my little. No, no. Your goal should be to be able to stand up in front of a whole bunch of people or whoever it is and say, pattern your life after mine. Hallelujah. Wow. Parents don't even do that no more. You know what I'm saying? You know, a parent, you're not supposed to just be there telling the kids, stop doing this, stop doing that. You're supposed to show them. You're supposed to show them. You're supposed to, because they're, what they see will dominate their behavior versus what they hear. If they hear you talking about, don't do this, don't do that, but then they see you doing it, guess what they're going to do? What they see you do. So Paul said, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example." y'all ready to put your, your life in the spotlight? Huh? Come on. How many of y'all willing to tell God you can, you can shine it on me? Shine the light on me even when I'm at my house. Come on, somebody. Come on. A lot of, didn't they used to say two-faced? A lot of two-faced Christians. Act one way in front of church people. Act a different way. Come on, y'all don't, 
you've met some folks that seem like to act a little different. But that ought not be. Because what Paul is saying, I kept it 100 for the world. I'm keeping it 100 for the kingdom. Pattern your life after mine. Don't say you're going to do something and don't do it. Don't tell other people to do stuff you don't do. Parents, you can't be talking about you need to read your Bible. Your kids will say, when are you reading yours? And now you want to whoop them. You want to whoop them for being smart. You know, being, you know, what if God sent an angel to whoop you? I'm going to whoop you for your bad exampleship. Amen? This is serious. Now, it's different when you think you're going to get to heaven one day. But when you talk about heavenly realities, this is a this is a takeover, man. This is something totally different. This is something that we submit to. And so, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Next verse. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Y'all in here with me today. Paul is saying this with tears in his eyes. There is a whole bunch of fake people out there pushing Christ, but they're really against him. And this hurts my heart. What they want to preach to you today. Hyper grace. Oh, just, you know, keep sinning, brother. No. Either be for me or against me. You choose. What side you standing on? Because there's a time of reckoning coming. And there ain't going to be no room. See, this thing that we're in is a war. And this is a war for keeps. So the best thing you can do is commit and be 100 for God. And this is what Paul is saying. It brings tears to my eyes because there's so many people, they're saying that they're with us, but they're really against the cross of Christ. Next verse. They are headed for destruction. Come on, y'all. Some of you know these people that they say they love Jesus with their mouth, but their actions show otherwise. They are heading for destruction. I'll be the one to just read what Paul said. Oh, it doesn't matter. Pastor D said it in in the opening. doesn't matter how good you look on the outside. Oh, you, you know, you put it together real well and you look so, oh, man, you must be such a nice man. And, the, and, and God is like, no, he ain't. <laughs> they are heading for destruction. Their God is their appetite. See, that's what people do. It's what they want. It's, uh, you know, well, I'm going to go over there to that church because, I like that church because the pastor really don't, you know what I'm saying, he don't really get into our business or nothing. He just, you know, because, you know, these pastors really need to stay. They need to mind their own business. They need to, they don't know what a pastor is anointed to do. They never read Timothy. Timothy spells it out clearly. He says, your job as a pastor is to rebuke and correct and train people in which way they ought to live. My job is not to make you feel good about doing wrong. Well, you know, I just, I don't know if I can, I don't like going over to that church because I feel condemned. You feel condemned because you haven't repented yet. If you repent, you won't feel condemned. You will be encouraged. You will be invigorated. You will be inspired. But if you ain't living right, you're going to feel condemned over here. You're going to feel like, well, there ain't no love at that church. Yeah, there is no love for disobedience. And you'll never feel comfortable in this church if you are living a wrong lifestyle. You're always going to have a conflict. You're never going to get over it because there's a standard of truth that we live by. Now, it doesn't mean that we're expecting you to be perfect. No, we just expect you to submit. Not to me, but to King Jesus. Amen. And when you do that, then you're going to see your life prosper. You're going to see your life grow. You're going to see your life uh, flourish. 
And so, but these other people that are saying they love God, but they're not acting like it, they're heading for destruction. Their God is their appetite. That's those people that, uh, that's like people come to a church. I've had this over the years. They come to a church and then they want to tell us like what we should do. Oh, really? Oh, you, oh, you, oh, we should do it this way? Oh, oh, wow. So I guess all this stuff we've been doing before you got here, we've been doing it wrong. Oh, and it and seems like I've never really seen you come around when it's time to pay bills. But you have an input and a voice. Amen? Then when you ought to ask God, well, God, why you send me over there? Because these people don't know what they're doing. You didn't send me to a church, and there's a bunch of leaders that don't know what the heck they're doing. You sent me over. Why you send me over there? And then God's going to say, I didn't send you over there. That's really the devil sending people places because they run from order. Amen. They run. Well, I'm offended because that pastor, you know, and he did that. Go on down the street. They got room for you. But over here, you're going to have to come under this covering. You got to submit your life to order because that's the way God flows. And that's the way the blessing is released, and that's how families prosper. We have so many testimonies of families getting better, families increasing, their health getting better, their money getting better, all this stuff. But it does not happen without God's way. It has to be according to God's way. Amen? And so when it's their God is their appetite, that's people that pick and choose. Well, I didn't like the worship. I didn't like this. I didn't like that's your appetite leading you. But when you submit, you say, I'm going to be where God tells me. I'm going to do what God tells me. He could have me in a church that has a dirt floor. Well, if that's where he said I was supposed to be, then guess what? I'm going to be right there with that dirt floor. And I'll be one of the ones volunteering to sweep the dirt floor because I need to be where God tells me to be. I don't need to be where, and that's why we will never, let me say it, it's recorded, we will never change what we do to please people. I am never going to do anything in this church to please people. Well, I think that the people want to hear this type of music. Not doing it. Well, I, you know, I think the people, they would prefer if the service went this way. Not doing it. Everything we do will be what God said to do. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Why? Because everything else is a waste of time. People heading for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. You see what's going on in our world today? You see what's going on with these pastors and all these things that and people are promoting them and, and the things that they're giving them credit for are not even biblical. And so they brag about shameful things and they only uh they're only about this life here on earth. So don't ever get, you know, connected to, especially if people call themselves Christians, but everything about them is secular. Did y'all hear me? Uh, they're Christians, but everything about them is secular. Do you know, I used to be, back in the day when I wasn't saved, I used to be a DJ. And I used to be like, you know what I'm saying? How many of y'all remember? Anybody else in here, man? You know what I'm saying? A DJ, man. I had, to, had to have them crates of records, and you know what I'm saying? And I was up on it. You know what I mean? I knew all the latest, you know what I'm saying? The latest rappers and everybody coming out. Do you realize that I am hip-hop illiterate today? <laughs> I have no clue of who's who. If somebody says something about, I'll be, you know, Little baby so and so. I said, Wow. See somebody on TV, who's that? You know what I'm saying? And they be kind of, and the, the names that I have heard are kind of crazy. I'm like, Wow, they really going by that? You know what I'm saying? Just a little baby foolish. <laughs> 
little baby foolish wearing a gold grill making millions. Hey, hey got a third grade education. I mean, y'all, you know what I'm saying? And you can't help but hear it. I go to like my the football games and my son's out there warming up, but all the stuff they play, and I'm like, what are they saying? I don't know what the heck these people are talking about. But my point is, I don't have a secular conscience like that. So I'm not aware of it. And so if you come and ask me what's in today, I'm going to have to go to the book. Because I'm not going to be able to advise you on what the trends are, what everybody's doing, uh, and all of that. And don't be trying to be no Christian, and you just want to be a Christian, but you still want to be connected to a secular world. you got to realize there's two kingdoms and you got to decide which one you are on. You're either with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. There's two kingdoms, two kingdoms, two agendas. And just so you know about Satan, he used to be in charge of music ministry in heaven. All you got to do is read Isaiah 14. He got kicked out of heaven. Uh, his name was Lucifer, meaning morning star. And he's a fallen angel. That's basically what it is. He's, so that the, some people think the devil's a man like us. God only created one in his image, and that's me and you. Amen. The devil was not created in the image of God. So he's not a man. So you're not dealing with a man. You're dealing with a fallen angel. But when he would walk, they say that his wings would just make music and kick out beautiful lights. But he wanted to be like God. He wanted to sit in that seat that was reserved for you and me. So he got kicked out. He got kicked out of heaven. Well, don't you know that because he had this anointing to make music, what do you think he's going to do in the world? And so now people get hypnotized. Do you know people can listen to music and get hypnotized and go rob a bank? They listen to music. Listen, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. I was not saved, but we didn't do no dirt without some music first. Come on, man. We, uh, we, there was two things that had to kick off. Come on, somebody. We had to have some liquid courage. I can't get no amen right there. We had to have some liquid courage, and we had to have some beat. If I got the liquid courage and the beat, it's on and popping after that. Amen. That's all the devil, man. So don't be no Christian. Still trying to stay connected. Oh, you know, I'm saved, Pastor, but you know, I still, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm still, you know, I'll be liking that, you know what I'm saying? It's two kingdoms. You need to decide, and listen, two kingdoms, and they both got an agenda. And the agenda is revealed in John 10 10. The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. That is the agenda of his kingdom. And so he will kill and destroy through music, through videos, through movies, through whatever he can use. Because that's his agenda. And all these parents slipping. Oh, you let them, li oh, you let them listen to that? Oh, well, you know, I, I let them listen to the clean version. Let me have, help you with this. There are no clean versions. Because you know it's bad when a song is playing and every other word is you can't you don't even know what the heck he's talking about. They have to bleep out so much stuff because the whole thing is filled. But listen, you don't have to hear every word to know what he's talking about. Just because he didn't say explicitly what he's gonna do. You know how to fill in the blanks. So what do I do? I stay clear of it. So I'm, I'm not aware of that. Because I've submitted to a greater kingdom. I, I've, I've said, that's no longer my reality. So I've submitted to a greater kingdom. And now I can advance. Because if you know there's an agenda, it's to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, I pick life more abundantly than doom and destruction. Amen. That's the choice that I have made for myself 
and for my family. Next verse. Is that it? Was that 20? Okay. But now look at this. But we are citizens of heaven. So you may say, I'm a United States citizen. Or I'm a citizen of the United States of America. But I'm telling you, you got a greater citizenship. And that is heaven. We are citizens of heaven. We are the Lord Jesus Christ, or where the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. And so we know that, you know, he's, he's, he's coming back. But even what he's done, we've been able to obtain this new life. And so heaven is more about living than dying. Y'all not going to get this revelation everywhere. You're going to get it here. Heaven is more about living than dying. And so you ought to start to say, well, oh, okay. Because how many people, they die, and we say they go to heaven, but how many of y'all know it for sure? Huh? I know for sure because my grandma, she showed up and started talking to me in my room. That was your grandma? I'll tell you who that was. It was a demon. Because if your grandma's in heaven, she ain't got time to come talk to you. She is bound before her master. She is worshiping her king. She does not have time to be coming back. Well, you know, I just want to go to my grandbaby's. Um, I want to go to her room and talk, have a little conversation. But the devil knows how to look like your grandma and show up and tell you something that was not from God. Amen? Amen. And so heaven is more about living than dying. This is about something that has happened and a transformation that is in us. So verse 17 again, let's just go back. We, we started there, but verse 17 of this, let's just read it one more time. Pattern your lives after mine. Amen. So you know what kids are doing? They're like, they're looking, they're like, show me. I'll do it. Any of you ever caught your kids copying you? Huh? And it's because they're looking. My son used to do it. If I stand a certain way, if I put my leg out, here, here he go, putting his leg out. Everything is after me. Amen? And so... If we understand this, then we know the way I live is important. So go to Philippians 4, 9. Philippians 4, 9 in the NLT. Philippians 4, 9 in the NLT. So he says, keep putting into practice. So what does that mean to you guys? When it's like, keep putting this into practice. How many of you guys know about sports? Like, let's say football. So they got like one game, right? One game in a week. But how many practices? Man, I'm back there visiting my son, and like everything's got to work around that schedule. I'm like, dang, brother, you mean they, you, what? You got to get up, okay? You been, and then okay, dad, I got two hours right here. I mean, we're on, we're on call. <laughs> we just, we just up in there, man, visiting on call. Okay, let's go. He got a couple hours. They're demanding, Amen. but why is there so much practice for one game? It's habits. It's things that you develop into. And so keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me. And so this is what Paul is saying. Everything you've learned and received from me, keep putting that thing in practice. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Okay. Be bold with this confession. Look at your name and say, if you're not going to do it, don't say nothing about it. Y'all got that? Do it one more time. Look at him and say, if you're not going to do it, don't say nothing about it. That's the way it is. Amen? And so Paul is saying, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then, now if you do this, this is what I'm always doing as y'all's pastor. I'm telling y'all, man, if you do this stuff, you're going to get these same blessings. Any blessing I got on my life, you're going to get on yours. And I can go and I can pray. I can go to God and say, hey, God, you know, they are doing what they're supposed to do. 
Now, don't have me going to God on your behalf and then he corrects me and says, no, they're not. You don't see what I see. You're just a pastor that has hopes for everybody. But I can go in there and say, God, they, you know, they need to be getting blessed like I am. But you got to be to where you got your stuff together where he won't come back and tell me, oh, they're not doing what you do. They're amening on Sunday. Acting a fool on Monday. <laughs> and he says, uh, let me inform you. Some of them ain't even made it through Sunday night. What? All that preaching? All that scripture? Amen. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Some people think, oh, God's with me. God's got my back. Oh, it, okay, where are you going? You better make sure you're going where he tells you. Because if you go somewhere he didn't tell you, he ain't got to be with you. Amen? He does not have to show up and show out for you. You know what I'm saying? That's like people doing that all the time. Come on, God. Help. Help. You say, where are you at? I'm in Egypt. Really? You went back to Egypt? And you want me to help you? That's not popular preaching. Because we're just human. We all make mistakes. Come on, Pastor. We're just, nobody's perfect. I'm trying to get you to understand you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And you have different rules and regulations that you adhere to. And if you start to learn that, the quicker you learn that, then the better off you will be in your life. Amen. See, if I learn that, if I learn, you know, because some people, they think that because they're from America, they can take the American way to another country. Do you know people have been killed? Oh, y'all didn't get Oh, no. Because, you know, Americans got attitude. I can't get amen. Uh, let me say this. Let me just go ahead and put this out. Maybe somebody will see this and pray for Cleveland. But um, Cleveland has the rudest people I've ever met. I thought New York would probably be worse. But Cleveland, I don't know. Y'all need to pray for Ohio. Because they, listen, people in Ohio are not happy to have a job. Y'all in there with me? We, we coming back, right? We, we about to take the rental car back. And now we pull in. I mean, these people rude. Okay, let me just tell you a couple of things. I mean, we might as well be in church. <laughs> well, the first thing I get there, and, and, and I've been delivered, but I still have, you know what I'm saying? If I get attitude from somebody, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to, like, flip into being, like, super nice. My wife is better at that than me. So, because it don't take, you know what I'm saying, if you come at me with some attitude, I'm just going to be quiet. That's the advancement that God has blessed me with, okay? Because before I would have come back at you, but now he didn't bless me to be quiet. But me and you aren't good. I'm just saying, we're not cool. Amen. Don't be trying to, you know, don't, uh, you don't give me no attitude and don't try to, like, talk to me later and joke with me. I'm not cool with you, man. I'm just being honest. My wife is, you know, better off in, in that area than me. So we got our luggage. Mind you, we don't, we don't know the rules at, you know what I'm saying, Cleveland Airport. I mean, that ain't our city. That ain't, we ain't from there. We don't, you know what I'm saying, we just, okay, yeah, what are we supposed to do? So they said, well, you know, well, let's find where the, the shuttle for the rental cars is. So we go over here. Okay, we're supposed to stand right here. So this one, he was already full. He said, oh, no, y'all got too many bags. And then so we said, okay, we'll just wait right here. Now we're thinking this is where the guy was, and he left. So the next bus is going to probably come right here <laughs> because this is where the other one was. We was about to get on, but we had too many bags, so let's stay right here. Next bus comes in. He stops back here. We're like, oh. Okay. Then we realize he's letting people off. Then he pulls up, but he goes past us. 
And then he looks like he's pulling into a thing where he can't get out. So I'm thinking like, oh, man, he must be taking a break. Do you know this brother gets off, gets off the bus? Now I'm telling you, pray for Cleveland. I'm just saying. Pray for you. You got family from Cleveland? Now, I rather, uh, hopefully you got family there. Let me meet them because right now I've been convinced Cleveland needs prayer. So this man gets off, and we stand there with our bags. And then this man gets off and immediately says, oh, you're looking at me like I'm wrong. I, I'm like, wait, huh? I'm standing there going, huh? Wait, what? This brother, you, yeah, you're looking at me like I'm all in the wrong. I know what I'm doing. The sign says, I said, bruh, I'm not from here. I don't, I don't know none of this. I'm thinking, so then now we get on, and then look, they just rude. He said, well, go on and sit right there. I'm like, oh, okay. So you rude and you my daddy now. Okay, okay, all right. Yes, sir, Mr. Bus Driver. So we sit down. I'm quiet. I got nothing to say. And surely you ain't getting no tip. That just, I'm just, I'm already convinced. But my wife is anointed to, you know, change the stuff up and all that, you know. Because, I, I, like I said, I'm, I've been helped to where I ain't going to get in no friction, but I'm not cool with you. But my wife, she knows how to just do that thing, man. And so next thing you know, my wife says something about his boots. She ha- he has some nice boots on and whatever. And she just starts talking about them boots. And his brother starts smiling. I'm like, dang, man. He's smiling, and now they talking and laughing and all that. And I'm thinking, like, I'm not really trying to participate in this. (laughs) Right? Hey, but my wife was bringing heaven's atmosphere. She was doing better than me. She was bringing heaven's atmosphere into a situation so you could change somebody's attitude somebody you know what i'm saying this this stuff can happen and so i was able to see that and you know i'm still learning and i'm i'm learning from the (laughs) hey i'm still learning man i'm i'm learning from these type of things but i just found and then let me just tell you one more thing because i thought now that was at the beginning of the trip so now we had some encounters along the way, you know what I'm saying, going to restaurants and people, you know, you, it's just one of them things where, you know, normally you go up to the counter and they say, hello, may I help you? <laughs> they don't do that in, uh, I can't say Cleveland now because now they do, it's Kent, the same thing, that, that's Ohio, they don't do that. And know, and know, may I help you, it's just, you go up and stand in front of them, they're looking at you. And then you ask them, is that, is that all? Wow. Okay. So we realize this is what we're dealing with. Now, on our way out, we're leaving. Going back to return to rent a car. Get, we had ours was budget. But I didn't know Avis owned budget. I didn't know that. <laughs> and so I go and I see, I saw a little bitty sign that said budget. So I'm like, oh. Let me turn left in there. But when I turn left, no budget signs. <laughs> All Avis. And I'm like, okay, well, where's the budget? And so I'm trying to drive around. Maybe it's, and this lady comes walking out. My wife rolls down the window and starts to say something. Well, what you looking for? <laughs> what you need? What you looking for? Pull it, pull it right here. Pull it right here. This, a budget, Avis and budget's the same. Just pull it right here. Wow. I said, man. And so I pulled it up in there. And then she comes to the driver's side window. And then she just flips and she is just like, and just put the keys on the uh, dashboard, sweetheart, and you'll be all right. 
you going to call me sweetheart after I just got lashed with your words? Amen? So, now, we're saying all this stuff. I don't know why I got into that. I'm just sharing, I'm just sharing my trip with y'all. But I'm just saying, man, you know, people, you ought to be the way you are all the time. And if you represent the kingdom, now, here's another thing I'll just say, because this is on this exampleship, and I want to make sure that we get this out of this message, that we've got to keep our stuff together for Christ because we represent a different kingdom. I cannot let somebody see me acting up a certain way and then go give a report about me, but that report is, is, is bringing a bad light to my kingdom. So I've seen another man. Now, some of y'all watch college football. So Michigan... Y'all seen the Michigan game? Michigan beat uh, Penn State. Well, Michigan's head coach is uh, suspended right now. So they had another dude in place. And so he's coming out, and he's excited about the win. He's excited. I mean, this man got tears in his eyes, and he said, I want to thank the Lord, and these effing guys are the greatest. I'm like, wait, bro. Wait, hold on. Time out. Let me help me. Somebody educate me. You just said, I want to thank the Lord, but then you start saying, but these effing guys are the best, and these blanket." I said, wait. <laughs> what Lord are you thanking? The Lord of the flies? Come on, somebody. You thinking the Lord of the flies? Come on, that's another name for Satan. Why are we going to be like that? How about you guys? Do you prefer to just people to just keep it? As it is, I mean, even if they, you know what I'm saying, even if they got a bad attitude, wouldn't you rather just know it? Or would you rather them give you a front and you're trying to figure out, hmm, wonder who they are going to be today, right? Well, we are citizens of heaven, and so we act in a different way. And so uh, Philippians 3.20, just go back there real quick, Philippians 3.20 So it's a reminder, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we're eagerly awaiting for the return of our Savior. And so he's coming. And so when he comes, we want to be found as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Now go to Philippians 1.27 now. 1.27 through 30 in the NLT. Philippians. And so it says, above all. You see that? So this is above everything else. Look at your name and say, God don't care about how many praise songs you know. That's some praise singing, tambourine shaking, mean Christians. That's a praise the Lord. You don't even say that nice. Somebody better praise him. man. Come on. Some of y'all been in them old school churches. Well, you was scared at church, man. You mess around. And do, woo, you mess around and do something, man. I'm telling you, man, I remember I first went to Pastor Miller's church. That's back in before they had the revelation and they had some uh, old ugly usher jackets on. It was maroon and what, you know, the usher jackets never fit right. My surrounding had some gloves on and came up to us and my brother-in-law was chewing gum and they came up we knew we knew up in here man i'm gonna need that gum wow i'm looking at brother give him the gum just get get, just give him the gum amen (laughs) they didn't have no no you know revelation of like the approach it was just but no, I believe in order, but, you know, sometimes, you know what I'm saying, people's approach, man, they could be mean. But so now, if you look at this, you say, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner. Y'all, y'all okay getting this? So you're going to leave today, and you're going to say, dang, pastor put a lot of accountability on us today. Man, this brother was on vacation. I thought I was just going to get some other type of a prosperity message or something. I want to hear about how my money's coming. I'm going to get my money next week. 
wow, man. This is what is real, and this is what we need to focus on. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. So what's that saying to you? Are you living as a Democrat, a Republican, a whatever, independent? I don't know how many of these things they got. You live, what's what you live in? Because, you know, people will march and stand and protest for things that God is not in agreement with. And you must understand, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And guess who the king is over there? His name is Jesus. And so everything I do got to please Jesus. Amen. I'm not along with the ride of what everybody else is doing. I need to obey Jesus. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a matter worthy of the good news about Christ. Got to be a good witness. Next verse. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, this is what Paul's saying, I will know that you are standing side by side, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Next verse. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemy. Stop right there. Why would you be moved by YouTube? Why would you be moved by the news? Why would you be moved? You understand that they're only going to tell you what they want you to hear. And the enemy thrives on intimidation. He tries to make people, they were making threats. They were threatening. They were showing stuff on, on TV about, oh, this pastor in Canada got arrested. I said, I ain't getting arrested. <laughs> oh, no, they, they got arrested because they wouldn't close the church. Well, my church is open. Amen. I ain't worried about no police. Come on over here and get saved and delivered. Let me pray for your family. And this is what we have to understand. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. Now, I want you to get this. I'm teaching through this this morning. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed. They're going to know that their doom is looming because they see you standing firm. They see you unmoved. I said, man, this person is not afraid. That's why Nebuchadnezzar flipped so quick. When he threw uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, when he seen that thing happen, he flipped quick because he was like, oh, no, uh-uh, we're going to change the rule. Now you better bow to their God because that's the one true God. When they see you standing, when they see you prevailing, when they see you prospering without compromise, come on, somebody, you ain't got to compromise to get God's blessing. You got to be found standing right. And when they see you doing that, when your coworkers and everybody else is cheating and conniving and they see you living true in 100, and guess what? They still see you blessed. That now they're going to know, ooh, I better switch sides or my doom is coming. And this is what he said. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. This is powerful stuff. Is that it? Verse 30? You got one more? Oh, we're still going. Okay. <laughs> Say, for you have been given not only, I want you to get this now. A lot of times people don't preach about this. Because they think when I get saved, everything's just going to be great. Man, you're going to have more haters after you get saved. You're going to have haters that you thought was tight with you. Come on, somebody. You're going to have haters that got the same blood that you got. It is what it is. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. Now, this suffering for him does not mean that I got to go on the cross. And he did that. We don't have to do that. But this suffering is talking about not everybody's going to like you. Come on, somebody. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Come on, somebody. Not everybody's going to be nice to you. Oh, they're going to talk about you when you ain't with them. Amen. They're going to complain about you. You're going to have all this opposition, but you consider it a privilege. Because if I got no haters, then maybe I ain't really. Ah, got it. See, if Pastor Troy didn't have no haters, then maybe I really ain't teaching the truth. 
if all I got is thumbs up, then maybe I'm not really teaching it like I should because the truth is offensive and it gets people uncomfortable. And so you're going to have some haters. You start telling your family members the truth. They ain't going to want to hear you. You start talking about, oh, no, this is okay, sweet, and you give me a hug. Hey, but you need to get saved. Oh, no, I go to church. No, but you ain't saved. Ah, uh, see? Well, who, what you, what, huh? What you, what you judging me? No, I'm looking at your behavior. I'm looking at your Instagram post. That's what I was just saying. That you put it out there for the public to see. And I, it don't seem like no Jesus is in there nowhere. Amen. All of a sudden, they want to unfriend you. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, we should be excited about this. We should welcome that type of stuff. Because if I'm living 100, everybody ought not be just so happy to be around me. They ought to be convicted. They ought to feel uncomfortable. That's why I don't like inviting him over here, man. Because I can. Is you leaving yet? Because I'm. But you're trying to go to the cooler. You're going to wait until I leave. You, you don't want to go to that cooler right now, huh? When I leave, you got that freedom. Well, this is what happens. And so you're not always going to be liked, but you know what? You're not always going to be agreed with. That's the way it is. Next verse. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle. This is what Paul said in the past. And you know that I'm still in the midst. And so living for God is worth it. But it's challenging. And it's going to have you say no to some things and no to some people and take some stances that could affect family relationships. It could uh, be different than what you've done in the past. How I many know just because that's the way everybody has done it in the past doesn't mean it's right? It's like, that's what they did in the past, but this is what we're doing now. And, and, and you need to go ahead and draw the line in the sand and say, as for me and my house, this is the way we're going. We're going to serve God. We're going to live in a way that is pleasing to God. We're going to live in a way that's not compromising. And if I do that, I can have this confidence. And no, I don't have to be liked. Everybody don't have to like me. Everybody don't have to agree with me, right? And so for you, it's the same thing. You're not always going to be liked. You're not always going to be agreed with. But if you choose Jesus and you stay with Jesus, here's what you will always do. You will always win. Amen. You will always come out on top. You will always be victorious because thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. First Corinthians 15, 58. And then second Corinthians uh, 1, 14. He says he always causes us to triumph. I'm just quoting that. He always causes us to triumph. So I'm going to win. Look at your name and say, I'm going to win. It don't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what it looks like. Winning is a part of your new DNA. Amen. Winning is a part of your new DNA. But what you've got to understand is in order for you to win, you've got to start thinking like a winner. You've got to start thinking like a winner. And John 19.30, he says, it is finished. This is what Jesus said. It is finished. Well, you know what that it is finished means? That means the price has been paid and the devil is eternally defeated. But you got to accept that so I don't lose no more. Come on, let, 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 we're getting ready to get out of here, but let, let's go ahead and own, own up to this. Now, I talked a lot about obedience, but now I'm telling you about the reward. If you imagine your confidence level. Now, it's not going to be easy. Guess what? Sometimes the devil's going to challenge you with rude bus drivers. Come on. Come on. Sometimes he's going to challenge you with rude rental car workers. But you have to be convinced that, oh, no, no. You're not stealing my reward. You know what I'm saying? And you're not going to act in a way that is contrary to your kingdom that you're from. So that now wherever you go, people will experience the kingdom. They will experience that kingdom of God that's in you. And living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so we got to remember this before I close. Distractions cause delays. 
have you guys ever picked up your phone with the intent to go to something? Come on. If, let's say, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Let's say you picked up your phone with the intent to go to your Bible app. But then you got something called a notification. And that notification, whatever that notification was, you clicked it and it took you down another trail and you forgot all about why you even picked up the phone in the first place. <laughs> Distractions caused delays. And so that little distraction, God was going to give you a word right quick that was going to help you in your situation, but you got a notification that took you down another path. So now guess what? You don't get your breakthrough yet. Because distractions cause delays. Amen? And so, and that's why we have to make sure that we are focusing on what's important. Don't get pulled into the carnal narrative. Don't get pulled into all this talk about what everybody's doing. Somebody comes to you and they say, hey, you know, so-and-so is in the Illuminati. I don't care. I don't, I don't care about that. Huh? Come on. You get all this stuff. It's all this away, you know, um, this and that. I don't care. I'm not interested. Why? Because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. If somebody comes to you and says, doom and destruction is coming, I don't care. Because whether I live or die, I win. And it's all for the glory of God. Come on, you can't kill me. You can't rob me. You can't do nothing to me because I've been given a victory that cannot be tampered with. And if I live my life in that way, then my expectations are going to change. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So if I think victory all the time, then guess what's going to be showing up? Victory. Because that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm meditating. I'm not meditating avoiding anything. I'm meditating walking in the will of God. I'm meditating, pleasing my God. One thing I'm going to do with this day is I'm going to please God with it. I'm going to do the very best to my ability to please God. I'm not worried about getting away with something because I want to please my God. And now I'm living as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And then if I position myself, then I'll know what God's plan is. We know in Isaiah 51, 16, he says, I've put my words in their mouth and he's basically going to cover you. You can put it up. I, and, and I put my words in thy mouth and I've covered thee in the shadow of my hand that I might plant the heavens. You see that? And lay the foundation of the earth and say unto Zion, thou art my people. So what does that mean? God's put his word. How many of y'all believe this today as we get ready to walk out of here? Do you believe that God himself? See, some of you say, well, I, I need to get in one of them Bible uh, memorization courses. But this says he put, oh, come on, come on, y'all. You know what Jesus told the disciples? He said, don't even think about what you're supposed to say. Because what you're supposed to say will be given to you at that hour. And he says right here that I have put my words in their mouth. So who put God's word in your mouth? God. So ain't no course you got to take. You got to live a submitted life. You got to be led by the Holy Ghost. And guess what? God will put his word in your mouth and then he'll use you and he'll you'll open it up and release it at the appointed time. And what's the purpose in that? That he may plant the heavens. And so being that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, what are we doing? We're not living this earth waiting to die and go to heaven. We're living in this earth, dominating, living above and bringing heaven's atmosphere into the earth realm. I challenge all of you to bring heaven's atmosphere into your house, bring heaven atmosphere into your job. Bring heaven's atmosphere into your neighborhood. Bring heaven's atmosphere into anywhere you go. And then God will start to expose you to heavenly realities. All of a sudden, God will start saying stuff to you like, we don't catch the flu in heaven. Oh, yeah, see, I, I'm going to close. So I know we don't yeah, we don't we don't catch the uh, you know winter time comes everybody you know what I'm saying people eh, that thing going around it ain't going around in heaven huh you heard about that bug going around I didn't hear it I was listening to heaven and they didn't say nothing about it they never told me about anything 
All they was talking about is my youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Amen? So what if that's your reality? How many of y'all ready to prosper? You're ready to let God just show out? Come on. For you? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for meeting us here today. Thank you for your word, and your word is powerful, and we are transformed by it. I thank you, Lord, that we have a citizenship that is in heaven. And because of that citizenship, we're exposed to benefits. We're exposed to heavenly realities. And I just speak right now a renewing of the minds of your people. How many of y'all want God to open up your mind to let you see something different than what you've been seeing? Come on. Let me pray for souls real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those that may be watching this and they don't know you as Lord. We welcome them. We give them that opportunity to choose you. If you're watching this or maybe you're here, Jesus sees you. Just let him have your heart. Now, church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen.